Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, November the 29th, 2023. It is the 34th Wednesday of Ordinary Time, and our reading today is taken from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to the crowd, They will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. So, I there's so much to say here. And as we're getting, you know, like I said, closer to the end, we are uh, getting into more apocalyptic type readings, closer to the end of the church year. Um, I love this line. I'm going to kind of poke fun at Jesus a little bit. We're very close. So we, you know, we can, we can do that from time to time. If anybody's seen the chosen, um, I just imagine, I I just feel like they're doing such a good job presenting Jesus. Jesus was fully human and he laughed and he had fun. And he, um, I mean, even in some of the, the quotes from scripture, Jesus is making fun of the disciples a little bit here and there. Peter says, oh, I have to forgive my brother seven times, seven meaning the number for perfection. And Jesus says, no, 77. It's it's a little bit of a joke. It's a jab. You're going to be smart aleck with me. I'm going to be even smarter alecky with you. Anyway, in this reading, Jesus says, some of them will kill you, or some of you will be put to death but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. I feel like saying to Jesus, well, as long as my hair still looks good after I'm dead, hey, (laughs) that's the goal, right? Uh, But that's not the meaning of the passage. What is the meaning of this passage? We can trust Jesus. We can trust our Savior. We can trust Almighty God. If we follow him and if we uphold his teachings, we will be hated. We will be so hated if we challenge people to put their eternal salvation first. We will be hated. We will lose friends. We will be persecuted. We will be made fun of. I'm not talking about the poking back and forth with Jesus. I'm talking about being canceled, essentially. You will be canceled by the society. But, and yes, some of you will be put to death. He's predicting martyrdom. He's talking primarily to his apostles here. And the only one that wasn't martyred was John, who, by the way, was boiled in oil. And guess what happened to him? He didn't feel any pain. And they eventually pulled him out of the boiling oil because it wasn't doing anything to him. This is one of the exam, one of many examples that we can cite in regard to Jesus promise being fulfilled. Not a hair on his head was destroyed. But yes, some will be put to death. We will be called. We're we're not just going to be made fun of. We're going to be called before kings and governors because of our faith, because they hate us so much. Imagine that. 
You could be a nobody according to this world, but you could be a real somebody in the kingdom of God because you're faithful, because you persevere, because you stand up for what's right. And when I say a somebody, I mean a somebody that's so hated by this world, your, your, your somebody-ness is your martyrdom. But at the same time, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because heaven's waiting for you on the other side, but even in this world, I'm going to give you the words to say. Imagine if you're going before whoever, legally speaking, and you don't bring a lawyer. Imagine that. Jesus is saying, don't even prepare your defense. I will give you the wisdom. This is how powerful God is. And it's true. It's very true if we trust him. Whenever I have to give a talk, whenever I have to counsel someone, I pray. I say, Lord, give me the words to say. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't prepare your talk. You don't think about what you're going to do. But it's most important that we pray. It's most important we say, Lord, tell me what I got to do here. Tell, give me the words to say, this person's coming for counseling, and you name the issues that are going to come up. Maybe somebody that's suicidal, somebody going through a horrible divorce, somebody whose child is sick. I don't know what to say to that person on my own. Lord, give me the words to say. And then he does. He's amazing. He will give us the words to say. And then he says, not a hair on your head will be destroyed. Okay. I think we have to interpret this a little bit because if they're going to put us to death, eventually our, you know, the hairs on our head are going to be destroyed. I was talking to somebody this morning who's not Catholic. A lot of non-Catholics thinks we think we Catholics are crazy. Right now, the arm of St. Jude is making a tour across America. And uh, I'd like to go pray in front of that relic one day. And many miracles have happened through the intercession of St. Jude and, and by people praying in front of that arm. It's the same thing with our local Padre Pio shrine. We have his glove with his bl blood on it. And people have had many, many miracles. But, yeah, so I was just going to make the point, half kidding here, that, yes, in some cases of saints, the body decays and the head does not. And literally all the hairs on the head are still there from when they lived, even if it was 2000 years ago. Um, yeah. So in that case, the reading can be taken literally. But the point of this reading, obviously, if you're put to death, yes, then the hairs on your head are not going to be in the same order. They're going to decay, etc. But one way we can take that passage, literally that line is when we talk about the resurrection of the body at the end of time, we're going to get all our hair back and more. Imagine you bald people out there. You're going to get your hair back. <laughs> I wonder what we're all going to look like. But it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. The resurrection of the body, the new heaven and the new earth. So that's one way we could interpret this reading. But also the main, the main point of all this is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Jesus says, by perseverance, you will secure your lives. Jesus says it right there. That's a line that's going to be very, very important in the Christian life, but also it's a huge theme. That one line is a huge theme that goes through the writings of St. John of the Cross, and his writings are very focused on suffering and penance and enduring the cross, carrying your cross, and a big theme with his writings and a lot of other writings of the great saints is simply that we have to persevere. Don't give up. You're going to go through difficult things in your life in general, but especially in conjunction with your Christianity. And you don't have to build big churches. You don't have to take over a kingdom. 
You don't have to fight a war like Joan of Arc. Some, some people might be called to do this. You don't have to become the president. You don't, I mean, there's a lot of people called to a lot of stuff. You don't have to become a bishop. You don't even have to solve the problem in front of you. You know, Catherine of Siena, St. Catherine is one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. And yet, at the end of her life, by worldly standards, she was a failure. She failed to get the Pope to go back to Rome. She failed in her local negotiations with warlords fighting with each other. She failed in so many ways, yet she's considered one of the greatest saints ever. Why? Because she didn't give up, but also her relationship with Jesus. She was a mystic. I love reading about her. I love reading her writings, the dialogue of St. Catherine. She talks about just what Jesus expects of us, what he wants from us. Mother Teresa used to say it all the time. The Lord doesn't expect you to be successful. He expects you to be faithful. And the more faithful we are, the deeper we grow in that bond, the more the Lord's going to use us. St. Catherine cured people by touching them. Of course, Jesus is the one doing the curing, but I mean, she became so holy. She became that mystic. And then the Lord started to use her to do miraculous things. So one of the points of all this, I I wrote so much and I know I I was told maybe, I mean, there's a place and a time for long sermons and there's a place and a time for short ones. And I don't know, I'm still trying to wrestle with how long exactly these uh, podcasts should be, but I have so many examples written down of, of just how to, uh, illustrate this reading. One thing I wanted to say today is just the fact that he will never leave us. That's a point Jesus is trying to make here. It's not about the hairs on the head. I, my hairline, I still have a good amount of hair, but it's certainly not as much as I used to have, but that's not my biggest concern in life. My biggest concern, one of my biggest concerns, if not the biggest one is, am I going to be okay? Is God with me? Is God going to get me through this day and these challenges in front of me? And the fact is what he's saying is, do not be afraid for I am with you. I was thinking of something that we do in spiritual direction called the healing of memories, in which people are hurting, people have issues from their past that caused them a lot of pain, and so we do what's called healing of memories. Um, I mean, just an example, somebody is suffering horribly throughout their lives because of an abusive father. So maybe I counsel this person, I give them spiritual direction, we talk about it, and maybe we try to go back to that memory where it's the first time it happened, somebody that was abused by a parent. I One woman I was counseling, she was sexually abused by her father and the father's friends. Uh, you know, th- there's things like that. So we might go back to, let's just say, the strongest memory. What was the worst memory? And sometimes they have these memories all repressed and you know it's not just spiritual direction sometimes they need sometimes they need um psychotherapy you know there's a lot of different things sometimes they need a 12-step group etc um but in the healing of memories what we would do is go back to a key memory except this time we bring jesus and there's two things that we do in bringing jesus into the memory one is we create a new memory, so to speak, with prayer. We, we slowly do this with meditation and, and always respectful of where the person's heart wants to go, where their mind wants to go. But we create a new memory in which now when you go back to that memory and you're witnessing, let's just say your father beating you or something, now you're holding Jesus's hand. So it's, we create a new memory of that moment 
where Jesus is with you. Jesus wraps his arms around you. Jesus protects you. And Jesus is angry at your father for doing that. And Jesus is crying with you as you're crying because of the pain. So that's one thing that we do. We bring Jesus anew into the memory, but also we try to recognize, well, where was Jesus in the first place? And it's kind of the same thing. I guess it's like two different ways to do the same thing. We're changing the memory in realizing Jesus was not absent. Jesus was not in the abusive parent beating the kid. A lot of times people think that's where God is in the abuse because we call God father and this, my father, you know, was doing this. So yeah, therefore we equate them, but now it's a new memory because we realize Jesus is in the abused child. Jesus died on the cross literally to take on that abuse. Jesus is being just like he's being scourged at the pillar. He's being beaten by your father, whoever the person is. Right. And so now we just, we, it's a new memory. We create a new memory through meditation that now that person realizes and they interiorize it more and more, the more they pray with it, that in those worst of memories, they were not alone. Jesus was there. Jesus protected them from worse things happening, but also Jesus endured the pain with them. Jesus cried with them. Jesus felt that anger and it's okay to express that anger. Get the anger out. It's safe now. You're safe. You don't have to go back there. Anyway, why do I say this? And, and then just beautiful healing comes from this type of prayer. Why do I say that? Because this is what Jesus is talking about. Not a hair on your head will be harmed. Even if you're put to death, I will be with you. I will endure it with you. I will protect you. And I will, of course, lead you to heaven but he will never leave us, especially when we're suffering and especially when we ask him not to leave us. So I could talk about all my long list of the martyrs that just have these heroic stories at the moment of death. St. Lawrence making jokes while he's burned at the stake. St. Joan of Arc, her tremendous confidence where she kept pressing forward. St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was being slowly starved to death with nine other men and they were singing songs and laughing and praying and praising the Lord as they passed one by one. You know, so many of the martyrs that went to their death so peacefully, they didn't feel the teeth of the lions. They didn't feel the burning at the stake. They didn't feel the gladiator sword. They went peacefully. We could tell those stories of just God giving the grace and just surrounding them with peace and love and joy. Um, but we could also talk about the day-to-day -day depression, anxiety, father wounds that all people have nowadays, so many people have, so many people are suffering from loneliness, from existential types of pain, not knowing who I am, what I am, what is my purpose. And the Lord says, I will be with you in all that. I am with you. I am leading you. I am guiding you. You are not alone. And so this is what the Lord is asking us to do today, to have confidence in his plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for today, tomorrow. I was having a funny conversation with a friend a couple days ago, and it was mentioned um, 
I don't know. I, I go to extremes sometimes when I talk because I have my own worries. And I said, oh, am I going to not make enough money and end up yeah, – and I just go to this far extreme as I'm arguing. I'm like, ah, I'm going to end up just homeless with a bottle and a paper bag sitting on the side of the street. And the person said to me, yes, I'm sure that's what God's plan is for you. I'm sure he's led you through all these things up to this point because that's where he wants you to end up sitting on, you know, begging on the side of the street. Now, while it could be a plan that God has for people to end up in that situation to minister to other homeless people or whatever, I don't know. um, Still, my friend was making a good point with humor that man, God is so good and he loves us so much and he does so much through us and with us and he has so many plans for our lives that are amazing and we need to trust him. He is good. He loves us. He knows what he's doing. He's more powerful. You know, we could go through another Great Depression and guess what? God's bigger than that. God sees it coming miles away. (laughs) That's an understatement. And God always has plan B, plan C, plan D. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to fix things. He knows how to help us. He knows how to protect us. He knows how to provide for us. He is a good father. So trust him and let him be your daddy who knows your needs and is striving to meet those needs before you even see them coming. And of course, we uh, place all of our lives and all of our concerns in the hands of the Holy Family. God provided for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in their poverty, in their struggles. Not only that, it was for the salvation of the world. God has big plans. So we ask Our Lady and St. Joseph also to intercede for us, that we may not be afraid, that we may trust and always go forward, uh, that Almighty God has our backs. God bless. Have a great day.